0: Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG talking I'm your host Ed and on today's show we're talking all about PSG's win over Lille we're also going to touch on the media's coverage of the Kylian Mbappe contract situation we're also going to preview the match against Real Sociedad and we've got so much more to get into and here to help me do that we have Ethan from PSG fan club Boise. Ethan how are you doing? Hey
1: I'm good man
0: how are you doing? Hey, can't complain. Big day for you tomorrow. Super Bowl, your 49ers prediction. Do we get a score prediction real quick? Yeah, uh,
1: let's go like 27-24 Niners. All right, I like it.
0: And then we also have, joining us, we have Eddie Razo. He writes for com, also PSGtalk.com. Eddie, how are you doing?
2: Good, good. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been on, so uh, yeah, happy to, happy to be here again. Absolutely, we pulled
0: you away from the keyboard and in front of the microphone. Always good to to get your thoughts on all things PSG. And I know you're a Bengals fan, but score prediction for the Super Bowl tomorrow?
2: Um, I'm I'm gonna go opposite of Ethan. I'm gonna go Chiefs. <laughs> I think you just can't deny the dynasty there. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm 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 just waiting for Usher at halftime. That's all i I'm hoping for as a good performance at halftime. All right, gentlemen, let's get right into it. I want to talk about this Leo match that literally just ended minutes ago. We're recording this Saturday afternoon. Um, PSG they win three one, um, and I think since the last time we recorded, we also you know PSG beat Strasbourg and in uh, Brest in the Coupe de France. So you could touch on those, but I really want to stick to this Leo match. And um, Eddie, we could start with you. What did you like from this match, or maybe what didn't you like? Just kind of give us your overall thoughts, because I thought it was a pretty impressive win.
2: Yeah, I kind of like that that they were able to, you know, Leo scored I think what six minutes into the game, so they got punched right in the face, right, right, you know, from the get go. I like that they were able to respond to some type of adversity. They didn't obviously, you know, Mbappe has an ankle injury. I don't know to the extent of that. They they were able to too, you know, not too clear clear on that, but he was obviously suffering an injury. Didn't start the game. You know, I guess you want to say worst case scenario, they they gave they gave the first goal, but I like the resilience. I like that they that they handled the adversity well. They didn't need to go to Mbappe. minutes later they get the equalizer. Minutes later they get the own goal and they hold on to that lead and then they add the insurance goal in the second half. So I really like that, you know, they were tested. And for the most part, pass. They they. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how they were they were able to handle some adversity and didn't need to break you know the glass to, to bring out Mbappe to to get the three points. Even then, I I wouldn't have played him. I would you know there's a buffer where where you don't need to risk him you know rest him, leave him for for Wednesday. So I was glad that they were able to face adversity and and you know overcome that that one nothing deficit to start the game early on.
0: Yeah, it's not something we're used to seeing as PSG squares, which is Mbappe on the bench. Even if he does have a slight knock, he usually is out there. So the fact that he was on the bench, that was surprising. Luis Enrique rotating his squad. He put Ramos out there, Fabian Ruiz in the midfield, uh, Colomani, he had Danilo Pereira on defense, Baraldo. And I thought it was interesting. Donnarumma also gets a rest with uh, Keeler Navas in goal. So move some pieces around, put some players on, kind of, Shook things up a little bit, but yeah, getting Mbappe some uh, rest there because he's been, Ethan and I have talked about it on recent podcasts. He's just playing so many matches and and Mbappe himself has said, you know, you can't expect me to be at my World Cup best every match because I'm playing so much. So it was nice that we didn't have to sort of break glass in case of emergency and bring him on to hopefully get a win. But, uh, Ethan, um, I thought that was a good point from you, Eddie, Ethan, what did you like, or maybe what didn't you like from this match? Yeah.
1: Uh, not a lot of things I didn't like. I think it was a great match. Um, uh, outside of Eddie's points, I'm going to go with, uh, the fact that the pressing throughout the the whole team was very strong the whole game. And it inadvertently caused, uh, or it, it led to two of our goals, you could argue. And, uh, It's I I tweeted this during the game, but that's kind of what can happen when you rotate the squad and you let guys who don't get a bunch of minutes like uh, Danilo. he's played a good amount, but like Mukiele, um, uh, Gonzalo Ramos, who I've been so high on him the whole season. And I love that he had a great game today, especially against a a team like Lille, who are still in Europe and they're going to be in Europe again next year. So uh, they're at least a Europa League quality team. Uh, love the way that he played uh i, I love that just i mean we had six or seven starters out depending on who you name starters and uh, we didn't really seem to miss a beat we, we were playing without mbappe clearly but the way that we weren't reliant on him was was really promising and, and good to see i like how fluid the passing was uh we've seen T- psg teams in the past where mbappe is not playing and i just i just remember back to that that Coupe de France match last season, where Marseille knocked us out at the velodrome down there on the south coast, and it was just Messi and Neymar as Mbappe was hurt. And even though this is Messi and Neymar, two of the best players in the world, they could not do anything. And it's it's just in some of these games we're so reliant on having Mbappe on on the pitch, and that's what we've seen historically. And today it was nothing like that. We it's we we didn't miss a beat. Uh, just really, really well-rounded attack. And as a ten for a lot of the match was very strong. Kolmawani had one of his best games of the season on the wing. Of all things, he was on the wing for most of the game, and he's not a winger. I mean, he struggled there on the wing for most of the season leading up to this one. So, I love that we were able to rest guys. Uh, Ugarte didn't have to play the full game, even though uh, he hasn't got a bunch of minutes lately anyway. But Sing Barkola Mbappe uh Marquinhos, um, Warnezy, Emery—none of those guys played any sort of significant minutes. uh We should be really fresh for the Sociedad match, and so this—this this was basically exactly what we needed. Coming into the match, and I saw the lineup. I was thinking, uh, I'll, I'll take a point from this game. Like, I'll, I'll be okay if we draw. Let's try to not lose because we're at home, but I'll take a draw. And so to come out and play like that, especially after allowing the first goal, uh, yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about the team, honestly just loved it yeah
0: and i gotta say one thing i didn't like was that first goal i mean baraldo just got absolutely cooked there in the corner and and it was just kind of sloppy defending from pg the ball bounced around and and it was you know it was a good goal from leo but we really should have done better and in baraldo i don't know if he thinks that maybe he's better than he is or maybe the competition isn't i don't i don't know what he's thinking but sometimes he has these lapses in judgment and it's a little worrisome but he was able to kind of rebound from that and he had some good moments so it's, you can't be too hard on him but i really didn't like him getting beat like that you know against the the touchline there he really shouldn't be getting beat uh, in the corner um he should have done better so i didn't like that i love ugarte he um did get a yellow card but we need him if we're going to do well in the champions league and he He's had about a month or so where he just really has fallen off. If we can get him back to where he was at the beginning of the season, that's going to be really, really good for PSG going into the the Champions League uh, knockout rounds. Ramos, again, scoring um, a poacher's goal. You love to see that little tap in there. Um, didn't have too much work to do, but that's he's in the right position. So I love to see that. And I just got to touch on Barkle, who came on. This kid is so special. There's, I've not seen a single defender who can stop him. He can beat anyone one-on-one. His it, it just ability to just get around a defender and create and do something dangerous, it's very similar to what Dembele does. And they create so many chances that with our attack, if we could just get a couple goals from them and we could convert those chances, we're going to be a really hard out in the Champions League. So I love to see that from the youngster. I mean, he is the along with Warren Zion Emery and, and uh, Javi Simmons, future of PSG. So I love seeing that. Very exciting. Um, Eddie, let's go back to you because one thing in the match against Brest, I think it was, I had tweeted out, I said, I don't know if it's the rain or what, but, man, this it seems like PSG has shifted into another gear here lately where the attack is is performing really well. Uh Ethan, you mentioned Colomwani He's ele- elevated his play. We talked about Ugarte. How would you rate this squad right now, going into the Champions League knockout stage next week? How do you how do you rate the whole team coming together in the way they're performing right now? Maybe on a scale of one to ten.
2: I think I'd go with uh, eight. I think I'd go with an eight you know pretty confident i mean the 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 brest game the the one before that we, we we you know we played them like twice in like 3 weeks uh, the one where it was 0-0 right um or not 0-0 i mean 2-2 uh you know that that one showed some worrying signs where you know psg were up 2 nothing and and then brest comes out in the second half and finds you know the two goals to to leave you know paris with with at least a draw there so there were some worrying signs there again psg went up uh against brest in the coupe de france you know the one with they had a lead kind of was worried a little bit to see what what was going to transpire there but I think you know whatever mistakes they made in in that you know the the league the league game they kind of corrected them and and didn't fall apart and even though breast did score one goal and that's where I was like okay here we go again there but you know they held on they added the insurance goal. so it was good to see again you know they were able to learn from mistakes I don't know you know what went on in the in the, in the dressing room when they were up to nothing again. But um, it was good to see that. But you know, there's still some worrying signs there from from that game against Brest. But I I think Brest has had their number, even the the win, uh, you know, last year or you know earlier yeah. in the season where it was three two and you know they won because of a uh an Mbappe yeah. penalty yeah. kick. Uh, you know, I think I think just Brest has their number. But you, those are the those are the games where you can see some of uh, PSG's flaws. But again. I like that they're able to recognize whatever mistakes they've made, and you know, even even if they're put in the same situation again, they 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 they're able to at least get through it. But but yeah, I'm pretty confident this game against, uh, like I said, against uh, Leo. Seeing them handle adversity without Mbappe is is encouraging. So, so for me, I'm a little bit more confident than than most might be against uh, Real Sociedad uh, coming in on Wednesday. Yeah, and you mentioned
0: Brest. I mean, they're a a pretty good side right now in third place in in Ligue 1. So they would qualify for the Champions League. You know, um, Ethan, in 2024, since the calendar turned, um, PSG, they haven't, as I'm looking through, they haven't lost. They just had that one draw, as Eddie mentioned, against Brest 2-2 at the park. But they um, made up for that, got a little revenge in the Coupe de France by winning 3-1. PSG, they're scoring goals. They're winning. They're performing well. The attack is doing well. How do you kind of sum up the squad? Is this about as good as you could have in a PSG squad right now? I mean, we've seen in in seasons past, you know, Neymar goes down or there's some kind of other injury or we're losing games we shouldn't. When you look at the landscape, this is a damn good PSG team and probably performing better than what we've seen in recent years.
1: Yeah, this this team, I got a good feeling about this one compared to last season's, like you said. As long as Mbappe is at 100% on Wednesday – then no one has has been overloaded with minutes lately, so that's good to see. A couple stats that has me pretty confident uh, for the match. So we're we're 16 games unbeaten now. We haven't lost since early November. Uh, like you said, we haven't lost yet this year, just like the one draw. Um, yeah, Stad draw seemed to play really well against us. If if they'd scored a second goal, uh, you know, last game uh, previously to this one. That would have been the third time that they'd come back down 2 0 against us this season, but we were able to thwart that and get the win. Uh, i also say Real Sociedad are not in good form right now. Uh, like I've, I mentioned, they're the only La Liga team that I follow consistently. Um, there, I've been to San Sebastian, I've been to the stadium, So, um, and Boise, Boise has a big Basque population. So uh, they're the only team I follow there. So I watched most of their games this morning. Uh they lost to Osasuna, I think, uh, a Basque rival. Um I think it was against Osasuna. Um it was it was I mean that was pretty early this morning. But uh, they have not scored yeah. in their last four games. Their defense has been very good. They've only allowed one goal. I mean, they had three straight nil-nil draws before today. Ooh,
0: yeah, I'm looking at their results. Yeah. Osasuna beat them one yep, that's nil. Today, yeah. Before that, uh, scoreless <laughs> draw against Mallorca in the Copa del yep. Rey. Another scoreless draw against Girona. and then another scoreless. Yeah, there's another yep. one against Rayo Vallecano. Exactly.
1: And then so. before that, they beat in Celta Vigo twice. Celta uh, Vigo is sure. pretty bad. Um, so they're not coming into good form. The thing is, if we can get. It's just a weird thing thinking that we don't keep a lot of clean sheets. I think we've kept uh, three clean sheets in our last 17 games, Uh, but we're scoring. We've scored two goals in, I think, our last nine or 10. So the game on Wednesday will be really interesting. If we can keep a clean sheet, which recent history would tell us that we probably won't, uh, then we're in a good spot. But, But on the other hand, Real Sociedad, they can't put the ball in the back of the net right now. So... It's a weird matchup of a very strong offense going up against a very strong defense, and then likewise, a, a currently a weak offense from Sociedad against our weaker defense. So I'm interested to see how it'll go uh, if, if the park is, well, the park will be rocking. The park was also, yeah, maybe it was just from TV, but it felt really loud today, at least on my end. Um, but if the park is rocking, if we've got our best lineup, I think if Luis Enrique, uh, sets out with the right game plan. And if, if we take real Sociedad while they're weak right now and we put two or three goals past them, then we could almost maybe put away this tie in the first leg. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting just based on the current form of each team. And, uh, yeah, our, our going against their defense, that'll be, that'll be very interesting. I, I really don't know how that'll go.
0: Excellent. You kind of hinted at it. We're going to get to Real Sociedad here in just a second. We're going to talk about maybe a, a lineup we think we'll see. But just to wrap up, PSG defeat Leo 3-1. So that puts PSG on 50 points. It's 11 more than second place Nice. Brest is in third, uh, 36 points. So the league is looking really, really good. And we talked about PSG beating uh, Bress in the Coupe de France. So they advance to the next round in that tournament, something we haven't won in a few years. So Everything is really clicking for PSG domestically, but let's switch to European football and talk about PSG Real Sociedad. So what I thought would be interesting is if I go through and I I go position by position who I would start, and if either one of you have an objection, just jump in here, shout me down and tell me why that player shouldn't be starting. Are we ready? Yeah. Yep. All right, let's do it. In goal... Luigi Donnarumma got a to rest today. Any issue with him in goal?
1: No, he should, he should start. No, that's pretty
0: easy one. All right. Right back. I've got Hakimi center backs. I've got Marquinhos and I, th- I don't love it, but I think you got to go um, Danilo Pereira. And then at left back, I would go with uh, Lucas Hernandez. Any issue with that back four? Would you do anything different?
1: No, I wouldn't. No,
2: no. Wow. You're, you're oh, right. wow.
0: Okay, all right. No changes there.
2: Yeah, I mean, if Veraldo <laughs> would have had a better game, <laughs> if he didn't yeah. have that, you know, yeah, I would have maybe made the case. But after seeing that, uh, no, I, I think I'd go uh, conservative here and go with the with the veterans here. Yeah,
1: I, I think Danilo. He's not the best on the ball, but he's he's pretty good at it because he's mostly played as a, a defensive midfielder in his career, and I think. Uh, our defenders being good on the ball is, I think, can be key in Sociedad with their heavy press.
0: And I should have probably said that I'm going with a 4-3-3 formation. So my midfielders, with our Ugarte's performance today, I've got to put him in there. Vitinha, I've learned my lesson, or at least I hope Luis Enrique's learned his lesson. You don't bench Vitinha in these Champions League games because he comes up with something special. And then you got to put Warren Zaire Emery. Those are going to be my three midfielders. Any issue with those?
2: Not a man. No.
0: All right. All right, let's move to the attack. I'm going to go with Mbappe on the left wing. Cole, um, Yeah, we'll go Kola Mwani at striker, Dembele on the right wing. As much as I love Barcola, I, I think bringing him off the bench as like a super sub, he'd be pr- probably my first one off the bench if we needed a goal. But Mbappe, Kola Mwani, Dembele, those are my front three.
1: Any issue there? Uh, Yeah, I'd personally go Barcola. Uh, Mbappe mm. and Dembele. Uh, I know that Mbappe, you know, Mbappe is essentially a wide forward. He's not playing as a true nine, but the way that he can, uh, just, just because Barcola and Dembele seem to be, especially Dembele, seem to be very good at uh, cutting inside from the wing, uh, using that, that kind of wider space on the edge of the box or outside of the box. Uh, I, I just think the spacing there and, and the 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 tactical profiles of all those guys, I'd personally go Barcola, Mbappe, and uh, Dembele. But I would love to see Asensio come on for Dembele if he's struggling. And then you could maybe kind of get funky with it or move Dembele to 10 like we saw today and take out Barcola for maybe Colomani. And then you've got Dembele and then you've got two wide forwards with Mbappe and Kolmwani up top. Um, but yeah, i go Barklo, Mbappe, Dembele.
0: And I wouldn't be upset if I saw Barklo in there. Eddie, what are your thoughts on Marco Asensio? He had a decent game today, but I mean, he's had a really good stretch of form here. He's scoring goals, assisting. Do you think Asensio has earned the right to start or maybe the first one off the bench?
2: Uh, I'd go with the first one off the bench. Um I you just want I I feel like maybe you just need some 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 bullets in the in the chamber in terms of like someone coming off the bench that can provide uh a spark. I feel like he can give it. Um I'm not too opposed of the, of the lineup. I would I would go with Barcola. I'd just write his hot hand right now, but you know, like you said, or you know, I wouldn't be upset if that was the formation either. I get you're thinking getting someone like Barcola. you saw it against Leo, came off the bench. Boom, assist to, to Colomani. So I think having a sensio and Barcola as as um you know, breaking the glass and eating some some extra offense is, is is a good way to go. But you know, either way, I'm I'm good with it.
0: And maybe you guys can enlighten me. And Eddie, I know you you write a lot. Nuno Mendes is he going to be available for this match? Probably, I mean, he didn't play against Leo, so I wouldn't start him. But is he going to be an option off the bench against Real Sociedad?
2: I mean, he's training. You, yeah. you see the video, you see the pictures. I see the updates that he's training. I other than that, I'm not. I mean, I, from the last couple of um, Luis Enrique press conferences he's given, you know, he says he's he's training, he's everything's going well, but you know, he that's that's all he says. He doesn't say, oh, so you know, he he doesn't set or nobody sets like an exact date for when he's going to return. I'm assuming they said you know early spring around that time. I'm assuming maybe the second leg against Real Sociedad maybe, but other than that, I mean. But also, you know, I don't know if you want to throw him right off, you know, right off the gate into a Champions League tie, um, you know. But it, it's I'm assuming, you know, if PSG advanced to the quarterfinals, he'd be there. Like right? that. If not, then I I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, what's going on uh, other than that. Yeah, because what would be nice if, it, if once he's able to come back, then you could
0: move Lucas Hernandez is more of a center back and pair him with Marquinhos and maybe move Danilo out and have him on the bench. But it gives you a little bit more flexibility defensively, which I think PSG need. Um, Ethan, let's get you back in here because I want to know what is going to be Luis Enrique's tactic. Is he going to say, you know, balls to the wall, PSG, I want goals. We need to score four or five. Let's blow these guys away. Let's end this in the first leg. Or is he going to be a little bit more, You know, let's pull things back. Let's see how things go. Let's, you know, let's not go too crazy. Let's not leave too many gaps at the back. What do you think the strategy is going to be?
1: Yeah, I don't think we'll see something like what we saw against Newcastle when we played them away. uh, Their first, you know, first Champions League game at St. James Park in 20 years. I don't think we're going to get that sort of aggressiveness, which backfired and got us, uh, you know, killed in that game. But I don't. We're not going to just sit back either. I'd be very surprised if we kind of just went for a, a one zero win because uh, as as loud as the park can be, uh, the Anoeta at Sociedad can be just as loud. I mean, it's it's one of the better atmospheres in Europe. Uh, I think what what I hope Luis Enrique realizes, uh, he'll know this. It's just whether he plays into it or not. Is that um, Real Sociedad's two left backs. Uh, Kieran Tierney and can't remember the other guy. The other guy tore his ACL in January, but they're going to be on their third string left back for this game. We think it's maybe bad having to play Lucas Hernandez at left back. Uh, no, they're gonna be on their third string left back. And in the matches I've watched since their second string guy, uh, tore his ACL, he, I have not been impressed with him. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, uh, so that's why I really want to see Dembele on the right wing. Uh, This could be a Dembele signature game if it would not surprise me. If if we crush them and we win big, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a goal and two assists. So I think that's something we got to take advantage of. I would love to see him and Mbappe just try and, you know, kind of switch roles and maybe get, you know, Dembele's a 10. He'll play a little bit side, get Mbappe on the right wing, even though he's not normally on the right wing. Just to have all this speed, just to absolutely abuse that left back that's going to be there. Assuming they play with their normal four at the back, uh, that's something I want to see us take advantage of if they do it. Thing is, if they play with three at the back, then their their wing backs. I mean, they, they could. I mean, then there's just going to be room on the wings as soon as they try and uh, attack and bring guys forward. If we counterattack, there's going to be room on the wings. I mean, it'll be a little tough to beat them getting a ball in the box with. Three center backs there, likely plus other players, but uh, the it's it's either going to be we should be able to cook their left back, or if they don't play with a true left back, if they play with wing backs or you know just three at the back, then there's going to be plenty of room on either wing. So uh, either way, I feel like this needs to be a, a Dembele masterclass, and if it is, then I think we're going to cr- probably cruise to a win or at least get three goals. I like
0: it. We'll get your official prediction here in a second. Eddie, I want to ask you, you know, Ethan mentioned the match away at Newcastle, which was just a debacle. But then we thought, oh, surely once Newcastle comes to the park, we'll crush them. Well, that wasn't the case. We could have very easily you know, lost that game and not even been in the knockout stage. It's been a little while since PSG have had a really good performance in the Champions League. and probably was it match day one against Dortmund, I think. That's probably the, the best performance. So... Now you've got the knockout stage, you've got Real Sociedad coming to town. They're not in the greatest of form. What would be your strategy knowing that there is a little bit of issue with this PSG team going away? That's going to be a raucous atmosphere at Real Sociedad. So what would be your strategy here uh, next week against Real Sociedad at the
2: park? I think they got they got to be aggressive. I know it's cliché, but I mean take advantage of the home crowd that you know they they performed well at home. Um, barring that, that Newcastle game for the most part. You know, they played well against AC Milan at home. They played well against Dortmund at home. They didn't do so well against Newcastle, but if they can get, you know, two, three-goal advantage heading back to, you know, Spain in, in March, I think that's going to be the case. I think they've got to take advantage of the of the injuries that, that, that Sociedad is facing. they got to, you know, right now this would be the time to, to pull out a, a 3-1, you know, 3 nothing type of win that they've done in the past so yeah to me it's it's try to be aggressive try to try to exploit so that's weaknesses um you know because of injuries that they're facing, so right now it's that 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 would be my my just blunt approach absolutely. I'm with you, and I think
0: this team's identity is attacking, and if you try to kind of pull them back a little bit and rein them in, I think that's when the nerves can start settling in I think that's when they can absorb some pressure, and maybe there's a mistake at the back with our defense, which is known to happen. I think you've got to let, whether it's Barcla, Dembele, Mbappe, you have to just let them do their thing. And I want to see wave after wave after wave of attack. I want it to be clear from anyone. If this is the first match that someone's ever watched, and this is the first football match, I want them it to be obvious. PSG is miles ahead of Real Sociedad. That's the way that I think PSG has to play. Not reckless, but technically perfect. I want really... Chris passing, I want lots of movement, pressing, tracking back. This needs to be like what you would have saw from uh, Manchester City last season when they made their run. This needs to be, PSG is better on paper. They are the better team. They're at home. They're in great form. Everyone's healthy and rested. Let's blow the doors off of Real Sociedad. That has to be the strategy. So with that said, Ethan, let's go back to you. Give me a prediction for this
1: match next week. Yeah, for the first leg. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, yeah, just for the first leg. What do you think the score is uh,
1: going to be? I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, two one for us. Ooh,
0: close one. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought
1: you I just haven't loved. I mean, the attack is doing well, but uh, it doesn't feel like they're totally clinical right now. And mm-hmm. although Associated I haven't allowed uh, a goal in a bit, they haven't played an attack as good as us recently. I just don't see us. Uh, blowing the doors off that good defense. And I also don't see us keeping a clean sheet, but I don't see us getting blown out. So I'm going to go 2-1 for us.
0: That's interesting. remind he didn't play today, but he's been in pretty good form. I think he's going to be up for making a few good saves. Eddie, what is your prediction just for the match at home against Real Sociedad?
2: Um, I go 3-1. Um, Same concerns about the defense, but I feel like, you know, They'll they'll pull out a performance like they get against Dortmund and get at least you know two or three goals. But I think they'll get three for a for a three one win. See, I
0: my brain is telling me three 0 to PSG, but then that worries me for the return leg because I guess this is just the the Barcelona match coming back to haunt me like. I, I worry about having a big lead and then going to Spain and trying to defend that and maybe getting a little nervous. So I'm worried, but I'm going to stick with a 3 0 win for PSG. I don't think Real Sociedad are going to score. I think there's just going to be too much PSG to handle for them. So excellent. At the end of the day, whatever it is, we've all got PSG winning and hopefully winning comfortably. So that's good. Um, guys, let's switch gears a little bit to some off the pitch news. Um, within the past week or so, I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was La Leprigean. They had reported that Kylian Mbappe will be joining Real Madrid this summer uh, once his contract expires at PSG. Um, Eddie, you've been all over this covering this story, so I want to get your initial reaction to the news, and what do you really think is going on behind the scenes? If you want to touch on the way the media is covering this, I'd love to hear that as well.
2: Uh, uh, man, it's it's been wild because... It, what's funny is that there'll be news that mbappe is going to Real Madrid, whether it's leparia and I think you saw julian Laurence uh share out that information food mercado share that information i think those have been like the three marquee outlets that have said he's going you know it's outside of Spain. i'm going you know obviously Spanish, there's some Spanish news that I'm talking about like main main ones um those have been like the three that to reported but then what's funny is that like hours later, there will be like, "There's no, you know, you'll see Fabrizio Romano, Ben Jacobs, um, you know, lakeep, I think they debunked the one if I'm not mistaken. But you know, you, you you'll see a report say he's going to Real Madrid, and then like two or three hours later, there'll there'll be another report that says there's no decision that's been made. So that's what's been funny about this saga in terms of like the last um, last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's the second one because it was like in January there were reports Real Madrid wants to know by the 14th or 15th and oh he is going to go and then it, like you said it's always debunked like someone comes out like they shoot their shot, he's going and then it's always debunked.
1: Yeah, from my perspective I, I'm not part of media or I, I, don't, I don't write articles like, like Eddie does. So Eddie would have a lot better idea of this but uh, I guess I can kind of give a perspective as someone totally on the outside uh, it's just it doesn't, if you're a PSG fan, just none of it's believable. Uh, we're waiting to hear these, you know, when we see these reports, oh, he's decided to join Real Madrid. We look at who who posted it and I see Le Parisien and I'm like, yeah, whatever, like next, you know, skip. Um, the crazy thing is, is that Bleacher Report and ESPN here in the US ran with that story from a week or two ago. And I was watching pardon the interruption and it was like in the
0: lead, yeah. like the ticker at yep. the bottom. And it was like Mbappe agrees to go to Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like not even true. Like he might go. Yeah. It hasn't been decided now. I promise. There's no way the guy's going to decide before uh, March 5th. You know, he's going to wait until we're on to the next round of the champions league or out of the champions league. And so, um, yeah, all, all my buddies that, that they casually follow football here, they all message me like, "Oh, dude, like, are you so sad?" Or, um, I mean, we kind of roast each other a good amount. So the guys like, "Man, like, PSG is so screwed." And I'm like, "Guys, I, I don't know how to tell you this other than writing an essay." But uh, football media in Europe is so much more unreliable than basketball or American football media here. You know, we've you don't see on Twitter, you don't see Ian Rappaport Or Adam Schefter missing on hardly any news
0: Wojnarowski like if he says there's a trade in the NBA you can take it to the bank it's it's happening Woj
1: or Shams uh, for the NBA Mm -hmm. as well like they don't miss and so I feel like all my American friends they're they're so programmed to that that when they see a report like that they just assume it's true and none of them know that uh, European football media is just nowhere near as reliable so. It's just something that kind of takes getting used to when you start watching the sport. But um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, no one, I don't think we're going to know until at least after March 5th. Uh, Mbappe, I'd be shocked if he really even decided by March 5th, because of course the image rights and his, you know, his image as a whole is important to him. But uh, ultimately he's, he's, you know, one of his main things is he's trying to create a legacy And if he truly believes he can win a Champions League here at PSG uh, soon rather than later, if if he doesn't feel this team can win it in the next two, three years, he's probably not going to wait around. But if he feels that this team legitimately has a shot, then I I think he's going to stay, especially because, and this could be speculation, but uh, the Real Madrid lineup that he'd be at, he's not a true nine. And Ancelotti's not dumb, obviously, but He's not going to be on the left wing. I just don't see him selling Vinicius. And if they did, that'd be kind of dumb of them, I think. So I feel like things are a little more clear for him here. He knows he's got full image rights if he wants it. He can be the biggest player in this league. I mean, he'd be the biggest player in any league he goes to. But he's truly the face of Liga, not competing with anyone. Uh, He's in his hometown city. And I I just think it feels a little more clear for him at, at PSG, which doesn't mean he's going to stay. but. Uh, it's, you know, something he's got to be considering. So.
0: Eddie, I want to go back to you. I want to get your, your reaction. We were kind of talking about this before we started recording. But after the uh, Real Madrid uh, match against Girona, where they had won, all the, the Spanish media were asking Ancelotti about Mbappe. And he said, quote, You keep asking me about a player who plays for another team. We already have the best players in the world here. So what did what is your reaction to that?
2: It it's if they're asking uh Ancelotti, you know, these questions, I think they're you know, you're gonna have Spanish media and I told you this off fair, you're gonna have Spanish media uh coming over here to, to Paris on, on Wednesday and they're gonna be asking about Mbappe, whether Lisa Enrique, I don't think he's gonna entertain him. Um, you know, in the past, you know, any reports or rumors about Mbappe's decision, I think he's shut it down really quickly. And I'm pretty sure he knows the Spanish media. So, but it, they're still going to try. They're going to ask. And it, maybe you get two reporters, like I said, you get two reporters actually trying to cover the game from Spain, uh, asking about you know the X's and O's about Real Sociedad and all that. But I feel like you're going to have the the Marcas, the Ayes, the enchilenguitos the of the world coming to to Paris on Wednesday, just trying to trying to poke and ask about Mbappe. But but I wanted to touch on Ethan's point too about. Just the 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 way you know in football, there's a watch, there's those shams and all that. Um, I feel like you know that's um, you don't get that in world football. I mean, you get the Romanos of the world, but even then, they they're not the best at at um, giving 100% concrete news. I mean, he whiffs on the messy um, you know remaining at PSG after the World Cup, so even even he's prone to mistakes. So yeah, it's just gonna be. A I feel like this week is going to be kind of wild in terms of um, Mbappé, like rumors from the Spanish media.
0: And I think what most people need to understand is that Mbappé doesn't need the media. He has more followers on social media than all of them. You know, I, he can put out his own message on what he's doing, or he can organize his own interview and put it out on yeah, social. You own know channel. what? Sorry
2: to cut you off. Yeah, but I, I think he's gonna do an Otani, like somebody who you know. I think he's going to announce his decision on social media. Uh, Show Otani, uh, who's yeah, a baseball yeah, player, yeah, just to anybody, give it off. Yeah, for anybody <laughs> who didn't, who doesn't know about baseball, you know, he announced his decision to go to the Dodgers for for on, on his Instagram. Nobody had the the inside details. I mean. I was, you know, as an Angels fan, I'm following whatever was going. On. I mean, I knew he was leaving, but I was just following the the, the media. And then there was, a, I don't know, remember one? I think he worked for MLB Network. I don't know what outlet, but he was saying that Otani was on his way to Toronto. Um, and he got community noted and said that no, Otani's in, his, in <laughs> was that, his.
0: Was that his, Rosenthal? I think. No, no, it no, was okay. <laughs> it was somebody
2: for the MLB Network. I forget his name, but he he said that he was on his way to Toronto to sign with the Blue Jays. Turns out Otani was in South, Southern California <laughs> or near. Uh, so I feel like this is good, it's going to be like this. I think it, I think I think in, and likes to have control over his message. I think he's going to announce it, whether it's a Players Tribune or a post on Instagram or you know I don't know how he's going to do it, but I think the message is going to come from him. It's not going to come from from a, from a from a reporter.
0: Yeah, and I think we're not going to hear anything concrete while PSG are still in the Champions League. Like I think. That's Mbappe's sole focus, and he's not going to let anything leak. Hopefully we go to the final, but let's say that doesn't happen. Then I think before PSG's last home match, I think the agreement is Mbappe will let Nasser know. And so I think I think it's Strasbourg or no, Toulouse on uh, May 11th. I think that's last PSG home match. And I think it's either going to be Mbappe holding another jersey with a year on the back, or it's going to be a celebratory kind of lap of honor type deal and he says goodbye to everyone at the park so we don't know but i i think that's when we'll probably know but for right now while we're in the thick of it going after three titles right now nothing and anything if you hear anything in the media if you're listening to this your pc supporter just don't believe it it's just for clicks it's just for notoriety and, and followers on social media so just don't believe it don't believe what you read right now kids wait till later because mbappe He will let us all know. So let's just uh, be patient there. Um, Guys, I've got two more topics for you. We can go through them quickly here. I want to get your thoughts on, Ethan, we can start with you on this one. I want to get your feelings on PSG potentially or likely leaving the park to print. Um, It was announced that um, the Paris City Council, they reaffirmed that the stadium would not be sold to PSG. So Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think PSG want to do some renovations. They want to expand it, and they can't really do it because they don't own it, and no one will sell it to them. So Now they're saying, fine, and we're walking away. We'll explore other options. So correct any of that if I'm wrong, and then give your thoughts
1: on, on all of that. Yeah, everything you said I think was right, and it's a very complex issue, of course. It's not just a sporting or an economic issue, but it's political as well. Uh, I think that Anne Hidalgo, the Mayor of Paris, along with the Paris City Council, I think part of their decision, and I could just be speculating, but I think a part of their decision to not sell it is that uh, they don't want uh, a historic stadium like that in their eyes, uh, in their eyes, being owned by Qatar. I, I think that's the big thing, which I my response to that would be, can we not just? set up some sort of supporters trust where the supporters or something set, you know, something like that uh, owns the stadium so that it's, it's never even, you know, in any sense under the hands of Qatar, because that's the way they see it. Um, But it's, uh, I think it would be really tragic if we left. I mean, we could expand that stadium to probably 60,000. I think that'd be a great size stadium. I don't want something huge like camp new, which is a hundred grand. That's, a bit much, and it, it can kind of kill the viewing experience. But a 60,000-seat par, uh, Park de Prince, I think, would be perfect. But I just don't know if it'll happen. I know we heard a, a couple rumors this week, and I think they are truly just rumors, maybe to try and put pressure on City Council to sell. But uh, there was rumors that we were going to buy Paris FC Stadium in Southeast Paris, uh, that we were going to buy uh, La Défense uh, Arena, which is in Oh yeah, it's in La, La Défense. That's literally the the area of town that it's called, and that's in northwest Paris. Or that we could buy the Stade Jean Bouin right across the street from the park. It's it's even the same building where the club shop currently is. Um, I can't see us buying any of those, just because uh, the other two locations. Uh, so the the I think the rugby team, you know, in the, their arena in La Défense doesn't make a lot of sense. Neither does Paris FC's. Uh, that stadium's really small. It, and, of course, it would be with the intent to renovate. I just can't see. I think if we're going to do either of those, any three of those, it'd be buying the, the Stade Jean-Boulin right across the street and renovating it. But it's only 20,000-seater right now. Uh, the thing is, the highway still runs under – you guys have both been to the park. There's the highway that runs under the, the eastern side of the Parc de Yep. It mm-hmm. It still technically hits – Stade Bouin as well. Not as much as the park, but I think that plus it's in a really packed residential area. It's, it's on the very Western edge of Paris city limits. I think that makes it very tough to build um, and renovate. So I just don't think any of those are, are really feasible, but if we were going to do it, then uh, if it was possible to easily buy the Stade Bouin and renovate it to 55,000 or 60,000 uh, if that was, if that was, we could go off seamlessly, then I think, perfect. Let's do that because we're basically at the same location as the park Prince. uh, just in the building right next door. I just don't think either of those will happen. Um, I, the other thing is that we, we hear, heard all these rumors in the winter and the fall that if we left, that they'd be looking for lots or, you know, pieces of land for stadiums far outside the city. Uh, one out near uh, Poissy, which is where the, the current training center is. It's just the, all those uh, situations. A- any of these plots of land that we're hearing that are far outside the city, uh, I don't want us to pull a Chicago fire on ourselves. And we have a city in, down, in the downtown middle of the city, and then we move out to the middle of nowhere, and now we don't get any people at the games. So I, I want to avoid that. And I just use Chicago fire because I feel like it's the most prominent example here in the U.S. as far as with with football, but um, I just don't want to see us buy some plot of land outside of the city. And I mean, there's like barely any public transportation out there, uh, which that's crucial to a city like Paris where not many people own cars. And I just, it would kind of kill the, a part of the soul of the club, I feel like would leave if we did some sort of move like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm losing faith that will ever be able to state the park and I just don't quite get why I don't know if you guys saw the banners today uh during the match but uh yeah. the ultras put up banners about how uh something about the greed of politicians I believe it was I can't remember exactly what what it said in French but uh they were roasting the city council and Anne Hidalgo for not wanting to sell the park uh, reportedly and uh I don't know I just think it'd be kind of tragic if if we left but um but it is crucial at the same time that we own uh, our own stadium, so we can't keep doing this thing where we're renting. I mean, you look at clubs like Tottenham, uh, and you know, and, you know, a club like Tottenham is not in Europe hardly ever. They own their stadium and they host NFL games. And PSG has the potential to have a stadium just like that, and just bring in. I mean, the park already generates massive amount of revenue, second most in the world, and we could make that first by a country mile. Uh, just given you know Paris the city PSG the club is well known uh, as far and as well as the location. So I know I kind of went on long about this point, but it's just it's complicated. Obviously, we all want to see them stay at the park, but owning their own stadium I think is is needed. But I think it would be an absolute travesty if we built a stadium uh, outside of well outside of Paris city limits.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably where it would need to go. You just Paris is so condensed. It's so difficult to build. I I think, you know, it's a trend that we're seeing here in, in America. A lot of teams leaving the city, you mentioned Chicago Fire, but I think, you know, when NBA, the Washington Wizards are moving to Virginia, they're moving out of the district, the Atlanta Braves, the baseball team, they've moved from Atlanta out to the suburbs. So you're seeing a lot of these sports teams around the world they want bigger stadiums. They want to have these entertainment districts, and you can't really do that in a highly condensed, you know, city. It's it's hard to build, hard to get approvals, and all that. So they're moving out. So it seems like a little bit of that is what's going on. And it would be a shame, you know, you're at the park, you can kind of see the the Eiffel Tower, and it's got that unique shape to it. And also, don't forget the sound that the stadium creates. Like that is the acoustics is not something that's easily. Uh, easy to replicate so you you would hate to go out and sure maybe you could pack in 20 more people twenty thousand more people but are you losing that that sound you know when you're there and you hear goal and you hear that roar from the fans that's something that's unique to the the park and so i would hate for them to leave but they they do need their own stadium you you mentioned nfl i mean um i saw that they're going to spain to play you mentioned tottenham imagine the psg on their own stadium because you have nfl coming to paris how amazing would that be so i see it from both sides so it's frustrating eddie jump in here do you have any thoughts on um on psg's stadium situation and and ultimately what you think might happen
2: no i I think you know if, if you're thinking about qsi i think they want to grow the brand like you just mentioned they probably want to host these um nfl events now that nfl's in in germany i think they're going to go to spain next year if i'm not mistaken or they're planning to go to spain so yeah they're going to be in spain so i think you know psg in terms of like trying to try to connect more like just by themselves with the american market i feel like that's you know that might be holding them back too so i think holding those types of events where they can put themselves on display to an american audience i think that that's probably another reason why they might Want to just own their own stadium and have have it state of the art and everything like that because you're starting to see a lot of stadiums uh, built around European football. I think Everton's going to have a new stadium. Um, you mentioned Tottenham, has, new, has has a new stadium. Now it's going to bring be new uh, Bernabeu's renovated all that stuff. So you're starting to see some of these um, you know prominent clubs have their own you know state of the art uh, stadiums, and I feel like maybe PSG feels like okay, it's time to time to catch up with these teams and, and have our own something similar to like that, where, where, like I said, they can probably house, you know, these NFL events or these other events that, that would cater to an, um, an American audience too. As long as they got a
0: press, um, they have room in the press box for Eddie. That's all we ask for. If they build a new stadium, <laughs> um, let's see. We got one more topic. It's kind of a fun topic. Um, the The story came out, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, the blue cards, we've got red cards, we've got yellow cards. They're coming out with blue cards, and that's going to be for a player maybe dissent or mouthing off or whatever, and you're going to be put in the sin bin for about 10 minutes to cool off, kind of like, uh, Eddie, I know you're a hockey fan. It's kind of like the penalty box. If you commit a penalty, you got to sit in the box for two to five minutes, whatever it might be. Uh, Eddie, let's get your thoughts on this. Are the blue cards in the sin bin, are they good for the game, bad for the game? What do you think? Um. <laughs> and, and i also should say these aren't coming down the pipeline no like, they're, right now. they're not gonna be in the euros it's it's,
2: it's 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 something they're experimenting with it's like you know again it, for, this is going to be an american start, you know topic for, or you know what i'm going to say right now it's like when mlb decides to make the bases bigger or you know do a pitch clock they'll they'll do it in the minor leagues if it works They'll bring it up to the big leagues. I feel like that's how it's going to be. They're going to they're going to mess with it somewhere, you know, in the lower levels and see if it works. Yeah. If it not, then it's going to die off. But like the pitch clock,
0: yeah. making the pitchers yeah. move faster. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, exactly. it,
2: it would be. It would like you said. It would be similar to hockey when when you either get a, a you know two minute penalty for tripping or or high-sticking, or, you know, a five-minute major for boarding, or for fighting, or something like that, I feel like that's going to be, it's going to be funny, well, I mean, it would be fun to see how, how much it would be, you know, for a referee, like, how many minutes do you have to go off, for, you know, using a referee, you know, uh, verbally, whether, I mean, we, I think we saw it in the, in the Leo game, uh, Fonseca got a yellow card for, for, um, for, you know, mouthing out to the official, I feel like if, if there was a blue card, he would have given, been given a blue card there, but, um, yeah, I mean it's I mean, I don't think it's needed. Um but like you said, it's it's going to be similar to hockey what we see there, but I don't think it's needed. I think it's just um you're adding already more unnecessary things when, you know, there has to be VAR, you know, improved VAR. Uh even though that's needed, but it it needs to be improved, but yeah, I feel like this would be an excessive addition whether it's fifa or uefa doing this um but yeah this is this would be too much i think this is just uh you know one of those goofy rumors you see every now and then
0: <laughs> i like it ethan same question to you what do you think about it and also would marco verati be the most sin bin player in europe if he was still at psg uh yeah
1: to answer the verati question first uh no it'd be sergio ramos but uh verati would be second um no but uh it's it's a bit weird. I'm not the the biggest hockey guy. I'm a casual LA Kings fan. Being from California, uh, I watch I don't know a handful of games. Luke Robitaille. Yeah, Robitaille. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> you know we got our current legend there, Kopitar and Drew Doughty. All those guys. Yeah, got got rid of Jonathan Quick last year. That was sad. But um, yeah, so I'm not the the biggest hockey guy. Um, but I agree with what Eddie said. It, it feels a bit excessive if we didn't have yellow cards, if yellow cards didn't exist, then I think, yeah, sure. That'd be great. Cause we wouldn't have been conditioned to how yellow cards work all this time. And so I think, yeah, blue card, that's a pretty good idea. It's like a mini, it's like a mini red card, but the fact that yellow cards work just fine. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a bit much. So especially the fact that it'd be just the, the timing of, uh, the way that, that ho- I mean, hockey and football are both pretty free-flowing sports, but uh, the the style and, and the method of, of how the game is played, I just feel like it wouldn't quite translate to football as well as it does hockey. So um, I don't have any mu- much more to say on it than that. But uh, it, it's as uh, what Rain Jackson from American Idol would say: it's a it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog.
0: I've gone back and forth on it. Initially, I hated it, but then I'm also like I hate that teams can get a penalty and ultimately likely a goal if someone kicks the ball and it hits their hand that's dangling by their side or something. Like I feel like right now there's such harsh penalties for things that aren't that egregious that maybe we do need some like middle ground. So like let's say you tackle a player in the box but he's like running away from the goal and he's like right on the edge like, I don't feel like that should be a penalty. The guy's clearly not trying to score. So maybe you, like, sin bin that person for five minutes or something like that. But ultimately, I got to see it in action. That's my two thoughts. All right, guys, we're coming up on an hour. Um, thank you so much for joining. Eddie, do you have any last thoughts? Anything we didn't cover? Anything you want to get off your chest before we
2: let you run? No, I mean, just the usual. <laughs> Follow the or check out the website. You know, that's there where I find all my... You know, we're all the writing stuff, all the new stuff. I try to be on top of everything, you know, one man band here trying to help you out cover the team. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, just check out the website Uh, and anything else. uh, You can follow me on Twitter at uh, underscore Eddie Uh, Razzo. Yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Love it. And Ethan, anything
0: we didn't touch on anything you want to get off your chest before we let you run? Yeah.
1: um, I think nothing other than, you know, good start to what's going to be the toughest stretch of games. In the season, uh, February through mid-March is, is you know, that's going to make or break the season. Uh, you know, if we come out of that looking real strong, we will be in the Coupe de France semifinals. We'll be, uh, we'll have basically already locked up Liga and we'll be in the Champions League quarterfinals. So um, that's the potential to do all that is right there in front of us. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, it's a good start to this sort of tough window. And I'm looking forward to the future and also go Niners for tomorrow.
0: Um, Everything's in front of PSG right now. The team is playing well. Very optimistic right now. We gave our predictions. Exciting time. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Leave us a review if you can. And also, we're over on Substack where we're over, I think, 4,000 subscribers. So go over there. We've got some premium articles if you want to check those out as well. And then, of course, you can always follow me at PSG Talk. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.